Church, say amen. amen. Thank you, Brother Foster. Thank each and every one of you and your participation this morning. Brother Anthony, thank you for that beautiful prayer, sir, and opening us up. And uh, Brother Jeff, thank you. It's good to be back as a group. Well, we've been through something these last two years. Matter of fact, a little over two years. But nevertheless, we are able to come back together and we thank God for his blessings. Amen. Amen. I miss seeing everybody together. Amen. 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 I speak for me. You keep your own coming to yourself. But I miss having everybody together. Before I go any further, let me say congratulations to this super teacher over here. Selected as teacher of the year at her school over in Douglasville, right? Sister Cheryl Foster. Teacher of the year over there. Ain't that something? It's all right. So whatever that big prize they gave you, I'm sure Reggie get half of it. And all the... <laughs> but congratulations. And, and that profession, that field, I always say is one of the most disrespected professions. One of the most dishonored professions. Not that you all don't do a great work and you have hard work. People just don't understand how critical the role is that you all serve in preparing the young minds and our children for the future and everything. So as mentioned in the bulletin, I know it's deserving. You deserve it and probably should have gotten even more. And that, that's to all of our educators. That's, you know, I'm just going to put the, the crap y'all have to put up with. You know, I, I think about years, years I worked in the prison. And I said, you know, the teachers in the prison then put up with what you all put up with in the public schools. So, you know what? Y'all stay on the prayer list. You stay on the prayer list. Just, just hang in there. And Cheryl, congratulations. We're, we're proud of you. And may, maybe this will move on up to teacher what, what's, what's the next? I think this automatically accelerate you to being nominated or considered for the, the whole county. I don't see why you shouldn't get it. I don't see why you shouldn't. If, 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 if by chance you don't get it, you are our teacher of the year. How about that? You are our teacher of the year because you deserve it. And, and if any of you got any question why, that's on the front of the bulletin because I wanted to put it there. <laughs> because the Bible said we rejoice when others rejoice. You know, we, we cry when they cry. We're family, folks. We're supposed to be excited about when something good happened to uh, another member or somebody. You know what? And, and I'm happy for Cheryl. I'm happy for both of them. So now with that out of the way. You know, I said, boy, the devil is busy. Somehow, some way, and I have to laugh. Bobby, it got to be age. It got to be age. 
I was looking for my lesson on the uh, thumb, thumb drive, and it's not there. It's not there. That's why I learned a long, long time ago, you better know your lesson and don't depend on electronics and equipment. You better know your lesson. But just so happened, it was another lesson on there that I could use. The main part I wanted on the other lesson were just some pictures to help make my point in the lesson. And I said, boy, the devil is busy. He's busy. But this lesson is going to be preached this morning. One way or another, this lesson is going to be preached this morning. So I, I, don't, I don't really have to go into all of this. The lesson this morning is entitled, Jesus was a blood donor. Now, I wonder where I'm going with that. Jesus was a blood donor. Now, in the bulletin, for those of you who are with inquiring minds, maybe you've taken a moment to read some of the announcements in the bulletin. There's an area in the bulletin that talks about under the health beat. It says the Locust Grove Church of Christ has the opportunity to host a blood drive, but we need your help. A date is pending based upon participation. We need at least 30 to 40 people to volunteer to donate. Please see Sister Georgia Allen to sign up and receive information. If you're unable to donate, volunteers to assist with the blood drive are always welcome. Let me ask you this. Anybody here ever had surgery? During that surgery, to your knowledge, have you ever had surgery and you needed to receive blood? Did you go into that surgery with your blood already reserved that you had donated? So you use the blood that somebody else donated. Come on, don't, don't get quiet on me. You use the blood that somebody else cared enough about to donate, right? Right? So somebody was thoughtful enough and loving enough to share their blood because they understood in the hospitals and different facilities, there's a need for blood. Amen? Amen. We've been running statements in our bulletin for the last couple of months about how there's a nationwide shortage of blood donations. Because of COVID, you know, people have just lost interest in donating and it's been difficult setting up facilities to donate and everything. But folks, there's a need for blood. There's a need for you to donate some blood. Now, if someone cared enough, not knowing you, not even understanding or knowing that you were going to have to have surgery when you did. But they cared enough to say, I'm going to donate this blood in the event you have to have surgery and maybe something goes wrong or there's a loss of blood during the surgery and you need a blood transfusion. 
I want to be able to have a peace of mind of knowing I contributed. I made the difference. I helped that person get through their surgery by making sure the ample amount of blood was available for them to get through their surgery. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? That's why I'm not concerned about finding. I've been telling Sister Georgia, I'm not concerned about finding 30 or 40 volunteers, participants, because I know we're going to do it. Oh, yeah. God has blessed us. We're, we're about 85, 90% complete with the building next door. And that is where we will be hosting future blood drives, future health fairs, future uh, medical fairs and everything. Because that is basically what we are dedicating the building to be used for, for wellness and health care. To help us in maintaining and taking better care of ourselves. Because we are commanded to take care of this temple. Amen? Amen. So, why would we, after God blessed us with the ability to be able to obtain this building, renovate it, and do all this work, why would we come up short and not be able to get 30 or 40 people? Huh? That's the minimum we need to make sure we secure the drive, the, 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 the people to come. And of course, we're advertised so that others in the community and surrounding area can come to donate. It's time for us to understand, folks, look, we can play a vital role. Not only just in this community, but in this county. In this state. We don't, we don't need a mega building. To do mega works. We got to get out of that mentality. That you need a mega building. To do a mega work. No you don't. We can do with whatever. God would have us to do. We can do it with what he has blessed us to have already. So the question is. Are we going to get on board? Are we going to get on board? Folks, I, I just want to talk to you and be real this morning. It's time to get out of this taboo, this superstitious thinking. Well, I would donate blood, but let me tell you, I would donate blood, but you can find out whether or not you can donate blood. Quit going by heresies, going by Poor information, bad information. You're just repeating what you heard somebody else say. Go to the people with the knowledge. Have your questions answered. And then sign up. It's just that simple. It's just like me making the appeal about being an organ donor. You know, people talk about, well, and, and I did the lesson on it. We're talking about, well, I don't want to donate my loved one organ because I don't want them to be without a kidney. I don't want them to be without this. When, when Jesus come back or whatever, you don't understand the scripture. 
I don't want them to not have eyes when, when Jesus... Let me ask you something. How many funerals have you been to and the, and the dead person will lay down with their eyes open? Amen. You wouldn't know if the eyes are there or not. And to be honest with you, they don't want the eyeballs anyway. Do your research. Ask questions. And you can know. Knowledge is power. And all you're getting, get an understanding, folks. Now, let's get down to the lesson. Jesus was a blood donor. Did you all know that? He was. He was. I could think of this one occasion. I could think of this one occasion when Jesus donated blood. And he donated a lot. Every time they scored something, every time they hit him, the whip, the way it was designed, it would, it would grab his skin and rip it open. Back then it was common to do 40 lashes, and, but they would stop at 39. So I could count just at this one instance right here, he donated 39 times. Because every time they hit him, he bled. Why? On whose part did he donate this blood? Well, if Jesus donated blood, why shouldn't we? And he made it simple for us. We go to a clean facility. They use sterile equipment. Pamper you while you're donating and then even give you some treats after you're done. Unlike what he received. That's how he donated. And what he donated made the difference in the life of mankind. What you can donate can make the difference in life of someone. Because to donate, to give, is to give life. Why did Jesus go through what he went through? He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, you could call this a sales pitch or whatever you want to this morning, but I'm just speaking the truth and the reality. God allowed us to secure this property next door for a reason. It's up to us to utilize it in a way to glorify God. And I can't think of a better way than to glorify God than to be of an assistance in helping people and to help give the gift of life. That's just one of many ways. But the question is, what do you believe? Jesus says, more blessed to give 
than to receive. Right? Are you willing to give? Have you ever donated blood? If, if, if you never donated blood, now would be a good time to do it for your first time. Hey, I, 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 have, I have to give blood every month. Every month. It's, it's, it's a hey, it's just routine to me. Now I go in, roll the sleeve up, just like changing oil in the car, oil lube. Pump the fish a couple of times, watch the blood go out, fill up the tubes and everything. I said, am I good to go? You're good to go. I'm out of here. Well, I thought it was, I thought this was about quick thinking. Ask questions. Find out. You could be the one to be the lifesaver of somebody out there who's in need. But you will never be that blessing if you never donate. Now you can sit there and say to yourself, well, I got hypertension or, oh, I got this. I got, let the medical people, let them rule you out. Let them rule you out. Throughout the course of time, you know what? The medical profession has developed and come through with a lot of breakthroughs. 20 years ago, maybe so, if you had high blood pressure, you couldn't donate. But that may not be the case today. I'm not going to get into the specifics of what qualifies you and what disqualifies Talk to Sister Georgia about that. My point today is to show you, you know what? We can make a difference in giving the gift of life. And some of you have already benefited from somebody else, somebody else you don't even know. You never met them. You wouldn't know them if you walked up to them on the street. But yet you benefited from the blood they donated that was used in the hospital when you had surgery. Well, if their blood was good enough for you to use, why shouldn't your blood be good enough for somebody else to use? I'm just saying. Right? Because Jesus donated. He donated. The scripture says when he hung there after he had died, the soldier came unto him. But they saw that he was already dead. So they didn't break his legs, but they took a spear. And they pierced him in the side. Something came out. Blood and water. He shed his blood for you and for me.
What if he had decided not to donate? What if what if his mentality about shedding his blood would have would be the way yours is about being closed minded and not being a donor? What would you do with that sin that you keep the sins you keep accumulating every day? How would you get rid of them? Huh? Because that blood plays a role in the remitting of your sin. Amen? I mean, that's, that's what I read. We every first day of the week, when we come together to commune, we read this passage about this blood. We read this passage about this cup being the blood. Matter of fact, let, let, let's look at it. Let's look at it. You're going to hear it again later, but it ain't going to hurt you to hear it twice. First Corinthians 11. Verse 25, the Bible says, after the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Hmm. What if he had not shed that blood? Where would we be today? We would be in sin. And the wages of sin is what? So all of us would be on death row. But because of his unselfishness, but because of his will to be obedient to his father and to please his father, because of his love for mankind, he donated. He donated not only some blood. He donated his life. Nobody is asking you to go lay down your life. This is simply an appeal for you to go give life. What would be your excuse for not doing that? If Jesus loved us so much that he was willing not only to to donate and shed his blood, but to lay down his life. How could this be asking too much of someone? And what if the situation may be down the road, you need some blood. 
Oh, we don't like to think about it. We don't like to talk about it, but it's a reality. Sometimes, sometimes we don't act like we understand until we caught until we're caught in it, taught in that situation. Or maybe your child becomes anemic. Maybe your child has an accident. Maybe your spouse lose a lot of blood or somebody close to you, something happens. How would you feel if they're in need, but the doctor said, well, we want to help, but we just don't have enough blood. Of course, you will be upset. You will be furious. But the first thing you need to ask yourself is, when did you give? There's a need. There's a need. Christians have blood transfusions. Christians have a need for blood. We're, we're We're not some special creature that we're exempt. Things happen. Sometimes when women, after having babies, sometimes they have excessive bleeding. They need blood. Oh, so many situations that can account for the need. Why there's such a great demand for blood. But I don't need to go into all of that. You know as well as I know there's a need. The question is, when are you going to recognize the importance and stop putting off and say, I'm ready To make a difference. 30 to 40 people. Young folks. I believe it says what? 16 and up. But if 16 you need parents permission. You're you're telling me we're going to struggle getting 30, 40 people? Why? Why? I I refuse to believe that. I really do. I refuse to believe, Sister Georgia, I refuse to believe that we're going to struggle to get 40 names. I refuse to believe it. I have faith in you, church. I have faith in you because many times I've been cut on and I still got some more cuts to go. I know some of mine, I'm going to need blood. Why should I be selfish? Hey, why the pump is pumping good and I can help somebody? Because that same blood might turn around and be what they put right back in me. Georgia, I'm telling you, I'm no prophet. (laughs) But I just believe God's people love one another enough. And we love our neighbors enough. And when I say we love our neighbor, we love our neighbor. We don't have to know them. We're commanded to love them anyway. 
whoever that child is, whoever that person is, whoever that lost soul is laying up in the hospital who needs some blood so that they can recover. And in their recovery, they can come and learn and have another opportunity to obey the gospel. Man, you just don't know what role you giving blood can play. It offers life. But without the blood, there's no life. Same thing without Christ. There is no life. John 15 and 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. He goes on to say in that chapter, if you're not connected to the true vine, there's no life in you. What you're doing, what you're calling living every day is worthless. It has no purpose. But when you're connected to the true vine, you're connected to the blood of life. What did Jesus say? John 14 and 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Folks, there's only one life that matters. And that's the life in Christ. That's all that matters. And apart from Christ, it's worthless. You're going to close your eyes in death one day. Not gonna matter what you enjoy doing while you're living. What's gonna matter that you fear God. Did you keep his commands? Because that was the whole duty of man. Amen? Amen. He donated. Back that up for me. If you can, don't worry about it. All right. He donated. Will you? We sing songs about the blood. We say, I know it was the blood. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood that saved me. They pierced him in his side. They pierced him in his side. They pierced him in his side for me. One day. When I was lost. He died upon that cross. Oh, I know it was the blood. That saved me. Will you consider? Not just being a donor. Will you consider. How precious. This blood was. That Jesus shed 
to give you a whole new start in life. To give you an opportunity when you mess up in life. That you can repent and ask God for forgiveness and the blood cleanses you as if you never sinned at all. Tide can't do it. Gain can't do it. But the blood can do it. Will you consider the love that Jesus had that he would leave heaven and come down to this earth in the form and the fashion of a man in the flesh and endure the whippings and the beatings that he had to endure the scourging and the, the, the bloodiness that he had to suffer. But yet, he kept his eyes on Calvary. Will you consider the love he had? Will you consider that love in comparison to the love you can show? By helping somebody. See what? Well, we're always quick to say. I ain't got no money. Well I know you got something. All of us have. You got some blood. Tell me you don't have no blood. And I tell you. You're special. Oh you have something. You have something. And why not share this blessing? There's a golden rule that says you do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You all ever heard of that? Huh? If you left here today They're not here. Let, let, I don't see uh, Shane. Shane not here. Shane Damon? No. Her son. I'm trying to think of his name. Jeremiah. He, he has sickle cell. And he has those sickle cell events where his blood troubles his body. He have to have blood transfusions and different things. If the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Put yourself in, in the shoes of a family at St. Jude. Hugh Spaulding, Children's Hospital. Kids who have to have blood transfusion every week, sometimes twice a week. This is to live. Not just to bring comfort, but to live.
Can't you see a parent saying, well, I'm just tired of donating blood. Well, if you're tired of donating blood, you're saying you don't care about your child dying. But no loving parent would say it. Well, no loving neighbor should say it either. Think about it. He gave his best. He laid down his life. What more can you ask of a person than after they laid down their life? But in laying down his life, he also laid a foundation. Come unto me. All you that labor, I have a labor. I give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek, lowly in heart. And you shall find rest. To your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is life. He gave so much. He gave so much. And he only asked of us to offer so little. Be a giver. I know you will. I know you will. But not because I believe in you. Do it because it glorifies God that you care about your neighbor. Any opportunity you have to do good, we should be on top of it. Folks, we have great plans for that facility over there. We talked about blood drives, health fairs, and everything. That's, that's just starting up. Am I, cra am I crazy to visualize one day we'll have our own certified clinic over there? Well, for those who, who, who have to struggle and, and, and decide whether to buy groceries or get a prescription bill, that we'll be able to have licensed professions, professionals to help them, to offer care to them. Am I crazy? No, I'm not crazy. I just believe in God. God provided the place. It's time for us to show some action. Because faith without works is dead. Just to start, folks. I don't know how long along the line whether I'll be here when it happens or not, but you know what? You got to start somewhere. Amen. You got to start somewhere. We live in a country that's filthy rich, but why are people starving? 
Why are people having to choose whether to buy medication or groceries? Why are people still eating pet food? Because they can't afford to buy groceries because the medication is three, four, five, six hundred dollars a month. Some people medication more than their rent. So am I crazy to visualize offering something like that? Doing something like that? That glorifies God because we want to help somebody who is in need? No, I'm not crazy. I just believe in God. I just, I'm just a believer in the Most High. Join me on that journey, folks. Because we're just starting. I encourage you. You haven't been over to check things out. You don't have to wait until it's completely finished. You could go check. Hey, this is what you've been donating. This is what you've been contributing to do. This is a, that's not my building over there. That's a work God has blessed us with. It belongs to God. If you're going to say something, say it's ours. But take the time to go look at it and know what you have. You never know where the blessing is going to come from. If you're here today and you haven't surrendered your will to the Lord, to become a Christian. Bible teaches us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God teaches that one must hear the gospel, believe it, repent, confess, and be baptized. Be baptized for the remission of the sin. And after they come out of the water, they need to live faithful unto death. God will take care of you. We said in Sunday school, you know what? To get to heaven, you don't even need to think. You just need to obey. God don't need your help with anything. What, are you going to add a chapter to it? You're going to add a book to the 66? You got something to add that God forgot? God doesn't need you to think about anything. He just needs you to make up your mind to obey. Be faithful and allow God to prove unto you that his word is true and that his word will not return back unto him void. He could do that in your life. But you got to be willing to trust him. You here today? You haven't surrendered your will to it? Today would be a great day. My grandson said, I've been up here long enough. Should have brought my ruler up here. Got something for him. Yeah. You're here and you are a Christian. 
Make it up in your mind. You're going to leave here a better person than you did, than you were when you arrived. I don't, I don't know why anybody would enjoy dwelling in their sin. When you know it can lead you to eternal damnation. When you think about what sin is and the ugliness of it. Why would you want to come and pass up an opportunity to have yourself redeemed? Nobody likes vomit. Why should you return unto yours and just sit in it? Get up out of it. It's as simple as acknowledging to God and sincerity that you're sorry for what you did. God is not going to make it hard for you to be saved because he wants you to be saved. But you've got to be sincere. And he's offering you that opportunity right now to get it right. To get it right. What's our song, Foster? 98. Now, Page 98 is our invitation song.